Welcome to Revolution Solution, providing you with solutions for your revolution to be a free person in an unfree world. Join us in our pursuit of sovereignty through permaculture, technology, and community. Welcome back, friends, and happy Earth Day. Nobody's listening to this live, but that's going to be all right. Today, we welcome on a buddy that I met at Jack's workshop in the fall named Daniel. Daniel's going to talk to us about hardscapes and landscape design today. Um, Daniel, if you could let us know some of your background, uh, as much or as little as you want to share, and what you know about hardscapes and what is a hardscape. Sure. Yeah. So my name's Daniel. I am based out of Texas. Um, I've got a work for a company down here. Um, we do basically everything outdoors except kind of landscaping. Um, so hardscapes of all kinds, which we can talk about here in a second. Um, structures, patio covers, pergolas. We do new and pool remodels, masonry, outdoor kitchens, all that good stuff. So done a good bit of that um i've also as well we've got a five acre homestead so all the homesteading stuff gardens animals all that good stuff so um good about good amount of experience outdoors i do so originally my background is in the restaurant business i have a degree in hotel and restaurant management so not in the construction industry but that's <laughs> one of my friends and coworkers said like a lot of a lot of really any job but a lot of this job too is it's problem solving and customer service so and i would say that that really goes to pretty much any business is most of the work is just figuring out how to solve the problem at hand and taking care of people yeah for sure for sure yeah that's a really good point i was thinking that yeah. that applies even to my day job as well like that's that's the whole deal uh so that's awesome um and when it comes to you know what what do you want to call hardscape um i mean i would define hardscape as uh you know anything (laughs) anything hard so um pavers concrete asphalt i don't necessarily know how gravel installs all are defined are they more of a hardscape or a softscape um normally you think of your softscapes as being dirt plants etc right so um, yeah, yeah. some sort of hard surface we also use the burbage a lot of uh, flat work is kind of one of those things like as opposed to a structure so i would normally describe a, a hardscape of being flat work necessarily more than a structure granted you normally have a structure over hardscape but yeah so it's specifically pavers concrete that kind of thing okay okay interesting Interesting. Um, to jump back just for a second, what all yep. sort of animals do you have with the homestead? Yeah, so we have, we actually just got a milk cow about six months ago. So we've got a nice. dairy cow, we've got horses and mules, we've got chickens and ducks. Uh, what else do we have? Pigs. We've got pigs. Um, we also have some dogs, both pets and livestock guardian dogs. Oh, wow. 
That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So we try yeah. and we're actually kind of to the point where probably about 80% of our food comes either from local sources or stuff we produce ourselves. That's so phenomenal. That's pretty, pretty nice thing to get there. Yeah. No kidding. No kidding. Congrats on that. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, so to keep moving forward now that I've jumped backward last summer I started a little lawn care business with the intention to, being to do like landscape garden design ideally edible landscapes food forest race beds um, but I also just like landscape design for beauty and functionality um, as we were discussing kind of before we started recording uh, it seems like in multiple areas of the country nobody's really awake the way that it seems like everybody online is to the need to grow your own food. So I've had very little luck in that direction. Um, and just kind of trying to meet the people in my area where they're at, um, you know, any, any additional tool I can add to my tool belt would be beneficial. Um, so you have any suggestions for a a self-starter solopreneur to get started with hardscape work? Um, cause to me, it feels scarier or more difficult than just working with plant soil and hand tools. Um, yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, you definitely have some more or some Nope, I'm losing you. The Is more issues with it, right? So well, all of a sudden you're into um, structural issues, right? Um, you need to get, you know, one to, you know, heave up. You don't want it to shift, that kind of stuff. Um, so you also, one of the biggest things we talk about when it comes to flat work is where does your water go? Mm. So, can you hear me? Yes, you cut out some for for just a minute. Um, We only got about half of that so far. Yeah, I did the um, lag and then really fast catch up thing. Yeah. Is this better? Oh, yeah. Okay, let me. Actually, is that better? Can you hear me now? Too. Yes. Hello. Yeah. Okay. Yep, I can cool. hear you. Um, I just changed some stuff, so hopefully that. Okay, I just swapped my Bluetooth. Hopefully, hopefully that will, hopefully that'll handle it. So, um, where do you want me to start back? Uh, if you could start back at the start of that, because I missed like the first fifteen seconds. Okay. Sure. Okay. So, um, yeah, hardscapes, you do have, there are some more challenges with them. Um, for one thing, with a hardscape, you do have some kind of structural issues. You don't want um, stuff to be heaving or moving in the wrong direction, right? Um, you can have kind of structural failures where if you're saying pavers, they're, they're rotating, they're not sitting properly, they're pushing up or they're sinking. So there are some structural issues with that. You also, when you're talking flat work or hardscaping, you are getting into the water world, if you will, where you're you're designating where water's going, um, as opposed to yes, can you can you cause 
potential flooding issues by putting a flower bed in the wrong place, sure. But the likelihood of you really doing that or huge risk for that is pretty darn minor. Um, but mm. all of a sudden you're doing hardscaping, whether it's concrete or pavers or whatever. A lot of times you're going up against the house, etc. If you get your slopes wrong and you don't plan your drainage correctly, you could be flowing water back towards a house, which is bad <laughs> and expensive, right? So um, <laughs> right. now there's lots of people, you know, um, there's lots of people who do it. It's not anything to be scared of. It's just one of those things like, you are taking a next step into some of what you're getting to. So getting your prep work correct is extremely important. Um, getting your slopes correct, learning how to set up drainage is very important. Um, a lot of people, when they get into hardscapes from what I've seen, um, they're typically not, unless you like grew up doing concrete or asphalt work, a lot of guys aren't doing that. It's more involved. It's very time sensitive, right? As soon as that concrete shows up on your job site, there's the clock is ticking to get it done and finished correctly. Um, yeah, for and if sure. you don't, you, your option is tear it up and start over, right? So no one wants to do that. So um, I would say pavers and like uh, masonry work, uh, whether it's mortar set flagstone or you're talking about, you can also do like flagstone set in crushed rock. Um, that's kind of where I've seen a lot of people start. I don't know how much training there is for the masonry side of it. Um, most of your main major paver brands, though, like uh, Belgard or Teco Block, there's several of them. Um, they all have training academies. They want to train people to build it. Some of it's free, some of it has a cost, but they're more than happy to. And you just kind of got to look look up the favorite brands, go talk to your local hardscape suppliers and see what they sell. Um, for example, down here in Houston, we pretty much only have Belgard available to us. So that's really what we sell because that's what we can get easily. Um, yeah, so, um, but yeah, find your local hardscape supplier, talk to a sales rep and they can definitely, they're, they have training stuff available that they're more than willing to put people through so that they can have more people selling their stuff right for sure that makes sense that yep. makes sense yeah yep and the geotech aspect makes a lot of sense as well um that one should have been it, with a little bit of thought on my part having gone to school for civil engineering would have sure. come to me yeah but it wasn't wasn't something i considered um, yeah and definitely once you get into any amount of retaining wall work that's where there is a lot of i don't want to say it gets scarier but you you start getting into right like if you have a patio that's built up or a retaining wall that's eight feet tall or even four feet tall right like if that fails that's like people are potentially getting hurt so yeah. um you just want to know once again there's training stuff out there to do it if you follow the rules it's not that big of a deal right um but it's just one of those things you want to kind of not bite off more than you can chew yeah for sure and i'm sure with the the training stuff they're gonna massively over design it so that any uncle bubba can follow yep. their his instructions the way that they have them laid out and yes. not possibly screw it up yeah yep that makes a lot of sense. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, we've, I'm yeah. sure anybody listens to Living Free in Tennessee has heard 
how poorly it is. Yes. Or how, how fun an experience it is to deal with a failing retaining wall. Indeed. Yep. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of also just kind of thrown together like what Nicole had that are useful because they're also cheaper. And if you know someone who knows how to build them, they're cheaper than building or using purpose-built materials per se, right? But mm -hmm. they're also... They have pros and cons, like everything, right? For sure. For sure. That makes plenty of sense. Um, so have you handled any of the marketing for the jobs that you do? Sure. So um, not not distinctly um, for us. There was, I was for a while, I was just doing kind of on my own. I was doing some TikTok stuff. Um, and I actually had some a little bit of success there. Um, I follow Jared, you and I were before we started recording, we're talking about the water feature world. Um, and I, I'm connected with several of those people and they're really big in social media right now. Like, I mean, there's, there are a few of those guys who have built a large enough YouTube audience and stuff that they get, they exclusively get clients basically from like they don't do any kind of official advertising. They only, okay. um, the only advertising they per se do is from like YouTube and stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So I definitely think with marketing, you know, if I was ever to do anything myself or whatever, like spending, doing short form content on TikTok, um, doing ideally if you can you know you've obviously with any kind of projects you can, it would be somewhat easier to put together youtube content right longer form video content um doing instagram doing tiktok doing or short form video whether you're doing tiktok or youtube shorts or instagram reels or whatever right short form video and if you can pull it to long form video like i think that is massively useful interesting okay yeah, that, probably, that, that makes plenty of sense. Probably do a lot with uh, time lapses. Yep, and that's a lot of the guys just use to save space. Um, there's a lot. They just set up a GoPro on the time lapse for the majority of kind of their process content. And then, um, you know, they'll do highlights at points of, hey, I'm picking up the camera, talking a little bit, talking about this aspect of it, that kind of thing. Nice. Yeah. Gotcha, right. man. Yeah, I, I had not even considered that because I, you know, I, I guess I just think like anybody can see something of that nature. And I'm looking, you know, within, say, 20, 30 miles of myself here. And what are the chances that somebody within 20, 30 miles sees that sure. and is also interested? Um, yep. But hey, I mean, it's working but, for some people. Yeah, you can use, I mean, especially in Instagram you know, you can use some of those location tags. It's definitely done quite a bit, you know, for one of my old side businesses, we did targeted ads and stuff. And like, you can, you know, whatever your area, hashtag your area landscaping or whatever, hardscaping or pavers or what, right. Um, there are people who look for that stuff. Um, some of it's also just finding l people doing similar things, which on the one hand are competitors, but if you can find the right people, they're also want to help everyone be better. Um, mm -hmm. And so, and they may also just not where it's like, 
maybe there's a hardscaper out there. You know, there's a paver guy or a concrete guy who he would really love to offer landscaping services, but he hasn't found a good landscaper and he just doesn't want to mess with it. So y'all connect through stuff because you're following, you know, a hashtag that's local to you and y'all connect and talk and you're all of a sudden working together kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Man, I've I've been so averse to all of the social media for years now. Yeah. Um that I've I've not at all kept up with the evolution of things like this. So yeah. it's something I'm definitely going to get my feet wet wet into again. Yeah. I'm definitely that way. Like I don't like it in some ways I've struggled more because like I'm just not I've never put out a ton of stuff on Facebook. I've never taken pictures of my dinner. I've never written my thoughts <laughs> on Twitter or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. Um and so it may, yeah, you'll laugh, right? I mean, it's true, right? Um, it makes it harder because you're not naturally there. Um, I like the stuff I would do, honestly, I would just take a really basic picture, like try and put some thought into it. But like, I didn't spend a ton of time. And then I would just, when I went to post it, I would think about, okay, what's, you know, what's five hashtags I can think about and throw them on there. Um, you know just really basic stuff and so you're not taking a ton of time out especially when you're starting and that was one thing i really liked about short form video too when i was doing TikTok. and my job has kind of changed but i used to kind of see the job through from start to finish i now basically only plan it out from the beginning but um so i would go in at the beginning of the job i would take like a five to seven second video of hey this is what we're doing here's the beginning of it and then you know take a finished video and stitch tie those together and post mm -hmm. those um so you kind of kind of see beginning or end or if i see something interesting like hey here's this really interesting thing over here 10 15 seconds of video maybe occasionally 30 40 seconds and i would post like do very basic editing only basically what i could do in the app and post it and not worry about it um and so i was spending very minimal amounts of time um and i got some traction with it you know so i wouldn't that is the hard thing about youtube is it takes a lot to get into long form video content mm -hmm. short form if you can get it right you'll get more traction but it's also easier to get into yeah, that's something that I've noticed, especially like in some of our online communities, is just the amount of people that actually do business on Instagram. And it just always seemed weird to me. But now that I kind of see how like the, you know, every post looks with the pictures and all of that, I kind of get it. But um, we're kind yep. of leading into a, a question that I had, uh, which I th think is a, it's a good segue. Uh so I was listening to a podcast the other day. Uh, it's called Grass Fed Life. I talk about it all the time. But uh, where yep. they had a new grass fed farmer on the show because he was, you know, just having a new guy on for an episode. And uh, <clears throat> he was saying that he showed up at serious gyms, not not your Anytime Fitness or your Planet Fitness, but like serious, like, you know, right. Gold's Gym, CrossFit, that type of stuff, and marketing his yep. product, uh, which was cattle, um, grass fed beef. And so I was curious how that kind of concept, like you were talking about online, but like, are there physical places that you look for to market to? Like, is, is there that kind of thing going on? Yeah, I, that's a great question. It really depends so much by 
industry, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, yeah, and I, I remember that I used to listen to Grassfed Life. Nice. Um, yeah, um, it's good stuff. Um, I think that kind of thing is great. So, um, you know, if you're doing a food product, finding the maybe slightly different niche, but uh, that's relevant. Maybe it's, you know, CrossFit gyms or going to finding chiropractors, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, obviously, if you went to like a farmer's market or something in that case, right, that would be a direct sales source. Right. But, um, you know, finding things where you can, it's a little different than the other things. Um, there's a lot of people who I've found in the construction world going to home shows <laughs> and local flower and garden shows and stuff like all some people still swear by them and get enough leads they feel like it's relevant there's a lot of people who have just kind of totally swore them off at this point um they're too expensive they take too much time like kind of some of the traditional marketing world is just not it's just not worth it um but you know so we were talking earlier like um finding you know, maybe finding some of those small businesses where, you know, finding kind of whatever your niche is, it's obviously a little different if you are talking, you, you know, just knocking on random people's doors and being like, hey, let me landscape your front yard for you. Just buy the plants. <laughs> like, eh, that might be a little weird, right? Um, yeah. But it maybe, you know, going to business, finding small businesses and saying, hey, especially if they have landscaping that's just run down and old, going to them and saying, hey, you know, um, I'm trying to get started here. You know, I'm trying to grow, you know, if you would be, how would you feel if you were willing to buy the plants um, and the materials, I'll do all the labor for free. Um, Yeah. And especially if you can then get it where you can like, and maybe you even include part of that, like, hey, you know, you still are responsible for watering it, et cetera, right? But like, I'll come in and check it once a week or once a month or whatever for three months. And I'll put a, you know, let me put a little sign out that says, hey, landscaping by Jared or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. So I do think some of that stuff where you are, so Water Feature World, once again, um, there is, they're really big on, right? People need to see stuff. So if you have friends who you know, you know, you want landscaping, the water features or whatever like hey pay for the materials i'll come do it for you um you know i'm yes you're not you know you're not donating your time it's marketing right um you're trying to get your name out there so um or if depending on the situation it's some sort of supply house that you could do something that one's or maybe something where it's like with water features you know if you can find landscaping places that maybe it would even become a distributor for the water feature supplies. And then, so you say, Hey, I would be willing to buy from you. If you know, let me put this thing in for you. Um, you pay for the materials. I'll do all the labor. It draws business to you. And then I could buy stuff from you and other people could buy stuff from you too. Um, so finding those things where, yeah, you're kind of able to get your name out for cheaper or free um, by doing some labor, I think has, a lot of viability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good idea. It's a really good idea. Awesome. Yeah, I'm really appreciating just the the brainstorming on some of this marketing stuff because this is a lot of things I haven't 
thought about just having been, uh, you know, employed by a larger company most of my working life on, you know, just recently getting into uh, businesses where I'm trying to market myself. Um, it's a whole different world. <laughs> yep, indeed. Yeah. That's cool. That really touches on uh, the next one Cody had yeah, too. Yeah, that actually uh, uh, is another really great segue. You uh, Do you want to read it or you want me to read it? Go for it. Okay. Uh, so this is actually for Jared, kind of related. Um, have you thought about going to businesses and marketing some sort of edible landscape design to them as a cool factor for their business? For example, I was out at this place in DFW called Fuel City, which is a gas station that has a really good taco place inside. Out back, they have a big car wash, and next to it, they put a fenced-in area with exotic animals like ostrich, zebra, huge longhorns, and buffalo. Now, I imagine this is a way to get parents to bring their kids uh, with them to that particular car wash, um, and it adds fun factor uh, to going to the gas station. So I wonder if there's some way you could get a local bank or something to let you do something like that on a very small and controlled scale. An example of this would be like my bank, uh, when I was growing up, would do hot cider in the fall. And I don't remember if there was really anything else going on, but you'd show up and there'd be like three bank employees just handing out cups of cider. So what if you did that with like berry bushes and handed out, you know, maybe, maybe not blackberries because they have thorns, but like if you could give like a little basket to kids on a Saturday, just say, hey, we're gonna do this from two to four and like people just start showing up to do that with their kids. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a really good idea in the same vein. Um, definitely something I'm going to put some thought to and see if there's a way I can incorporate it. Um, yeah. It ba- balances really nicely with the stuff we were discussing just before this. These are all really awesome ideas. Yeah. So one thing I kind of, um, and when at Jack's this fall, um, I don't know if you, heard the presentation i can't remember uh i don't remember who exactly talked about it but it was kind of like it was on like five different ways you can make money farming or something but yeah one yeah, of yeah. Them i've kind of thought about okay yeah was like basically going to restaurants and hotels and stuff and saying hey like let me build and maintain gardens for you um, like food gardens and they pay the money they pay to set up everything they pay you to maintain it but hey you now have this like you can use hey you know it's marketing for them we grow some of our own food to use in our recipes um and you know they're i mean i think it makes sense right he was talking about how you set it up so that they're paying for everything up front right like you're not Mm -hmm. paying any money out to do it but they pay to build the beds and fill them and and then you just kind of maintain and do it um Mm -hmm. i think that's definitely it's kind of right it's in it's in that world of edible landscaping etc but it also may be something where you know it can support you sooner than trying to build up a whole edible landscaping business yeah, for sure. I'll find that video and make sure it's in the show notes. He had several awesome different examples of businesses that are currently functioning. Um, yeah. Like in that vein, all sorts of different just like off the wall ideas um, that you wouldn't normally think of as a food grower or just somebody like doing. I don't think it was quite permaculture design, but like sort of in that vein. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a good one to include. Brandon Yoast. Oh, 
Yeah, that's building right. a homestead-based business. Yeah, that's the one. Okay, we'll have to throw that in the notes. For sure. Um, yeah, that was awesome. Sorry, it keeps auto-playing when I click on these videos. Oh. <laughs> and then takes forever to actually open and allow me to pause it. So it's... Okay, okay. We're good to go. <laughs> cool. Sorry. Moving on the fly here. Okay. Um, okay, so for those of you that know Cody with Appalachian Agorist, um, so he was wor recently working for a company that did fencing insulation for ranches and farms until he was recently laid off. While working there, he was building up his own contacts who needed additional work, which ended up being a huge help to keep him on his feet when he was laid off. Uh, this is something we kind of talked about before we started recording, Daniel, but is this something that you're looking into or doing currently? Yes, I try and make good relationships with the people around me. Um, so that I, I've... I've connected with a few clients on some kind of longer term stuff, but it's also kind of weird just being a bigger company too. Like it's, uh, it's the relationships aren't quite the same, I guess I would say. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, but like learning, you know, using the chance just, just to learn, like learning, Hey, how is this thing built? Um, how, how do pavers get installed? Like I don't, have ever an intention of any time ever laying pavers but it's relevant to my job and it's just a useful thing to learn and maybe maybe it is uh, whatever right i for some reason move and i need to do work and i can say hey i can go be a construction project manager for some other company somewhere else because i need work to do and it's not what i want to do long term but i at least kind of know what i'm doing right um yeah mm -hmm or finding that contact, right? So, um, yeah, I think, yes, it's a little different for me, um, but I think if you are not, if you're not trying to build, you know, old school words being a little black book or whatever, right? Like, if you're not building contacts, I think you're doing it wrong. Um, just for a general, you never know when you're going to need a new job or just help sorting out an issue that you have in front of you, whether it's distinctly relevant or not. Yeah, for sure. And that just goes back to like, just being a personable problem solver, like both of those yep. parts. If you're the guy that gets things done well and in a like satisfactory manner and treat people well, whenever you reach out with some issue in the future, they're going to remember, you know, there's there's at least a chance I can remember the guy that was helpful to them and yep. at least yeah. not slam the door in your face. You know, it's it's bound Correct. to be useful at some yep. point. Yeah, that's awesome. There's no point in ever burning bridges or being a jerk. Like, I think that's always a parting amicably is always a good thing because, you know, the saying someone goes, you never know who's going to be your boss in 20 years. Um, sure. So, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um do you think this is something that someone could get started with just on their own, or is it necessary to have a team? Depends on how you want to do it. Um, you can totally do it on your own. I think a lot of things require a team to do it. 
especially you know um just for quality of life things and to do mm -hmm. more complicated stuff there is a guy let me see if i can find him um there's a guy that i follow on instagram who he does he builds houses and he literally does everything himself like wow. and when i say himself i don't mean like it's just him and him his employees like everything he does is by himself um <laughs> which i think is just crazy wow. um yeah. <clears throat> let me see if i can find this um to me that's nuts um you know so i've been mentioned water features a couple times i've been had my toes a lot in that lately um just partially out of both professional and personal curiosity and it's interesting you see levels of people who do everything from like i've seen guys who literally there's a few people out there who it is them they have um they have another job they do this kind of on the weekends like uh one of them i think a guy he's a he's a sheriff um or works for the sheriff's department so you know he's working three or four days on and then three or four days off kind of thing um and he does it all himself and if he really needs help he'll bring in like he'll bring in a friend or something to help do a couple things but as a general rule he does everything himself um and i've seen people who they've got three or four employees um and then i've seen people who have 30 40 50 employees um or they also subcontract right you subcontract out the things you don't want to do um mm. subcontracting has its pros and cons for mm. sure so does actually having employees i have directly employed people it has its pros and cons um, <laughs> just does um, yeah. also working with I can tell you working with subcontractors has its pros and cons so you just kind of have to decide so I think you could definitely do it you're obviously if you're doing it yourself um, you're gonna just be limited by what you can do partially just from a timing perspective right sure. um, also anything physical right like what happens when you throw your back out what happens when you get older what happens whatever right so um you're also if you're doing all of it right um you can only do you got to be selling you've got to be installing all of that right so yeah. um you can only do so much in that regard um So it just kind of depends on how you want to approach stuff. I don't think you have to have a big team. Um, I think having a smart team of hiring for the things or paying someone else to do it. And that may be contract work, right? Like you pay for a bookkeeper because you're not great at bookkeeping and it's the last thing you need to be doing. So you hire someone for whatever, 200 bucks a month to do all of that. And you don't employ them, it's 1099, like, you know it's easy it doesn't they're good at it they like doing it you hate it or whatever the thing is right um yeah. editing videos or whatever right oh, i have a question um, yes sir what do you think is cheaper get like hiring is like a cpa or just contracting someone to be your bookkeeper like directly and it just depends so much it depends on your needs okay. so if you're you know i know people who 
It also depends on who you can find. If you can find an amazing CPA, um, it's probably worth employing that person. Um, if you cannot find an amazing CPA, eh, or if you have a super simple business, I've got a friend who has a YouTube channel. Um, he has a he has a CPA to actually prepare his tax return, but all of his bookkeeping he does himself because his YouTube channel is pretty straightforward. He doesn't have lots of crazy, he's, you know, there's no materials. There's no, he's buying stuff for projects and stuff on occasion, but you know, he probably has maybe a hundred expense line items through a year. Right. Um, and his revenue is pretty straightforward. There's not, okay. I've got, you know, 15 different, expenses from this particular job and there's revenue and I've got revenue from all these different places and all that kind of stuff. So, um, gotcha. it also depends on what you're good at, right? If you're just really good at bookkeeping and you like that kind of stuff, but you want to make sure you have a CPA to get you all your tax write-offs. That's different than I despise bookkeeping. I hate Excel, you know, that kind of thing. Okay. Are those like two completely kind of different things then? Because they really I... are. Yeah. So yeah. So I mean, I would kind of call those as two separate categories, right? Where you have you have bookkeeping is kind of your day in day out. You're counting for your expenses and your revenue, and you're logging yeah. everything and that kind of stuff, right? And then you also have your CPA who they're actually preparing and maybe even filing your tax return, right? They're trying to get help you get all of your tax write-offs for your home office expense. And hey, you had this thing over here, you can't write that off. You can't write this kind of thing off, that kind of thing. Yeah, gotcha. that sounds like exactly what I need because I've been doing my day-to-day -day bookkeeping for my Amazon and eBay selling for a year and a half now. Um, and I feel confident with that, but I filed for an extension for taxes the last, like both the last two years where I've had the income to report from this because it just freaking horrifies me. Um, uh, I mean, yeah, it's so... not, it's not anything crazy. Like I've, I've had a total of like maybe 12, $15,000 in sales in the last year and a half, but I'm like, there's no chance that I do this right. Yeah. So that would probably be a useful to hire a CPA just to make sure you're not making any kind of big mistake off of it um, just to get the tax side of it right but you also have to make sure right like junk in junk out right so if you give them bad data because your bookkeeping is messed up they're going to put you out a bad tax return right? Um, right but you also I wouldn't say you know yeah you just kind of have to look at that and see hmm makes sense are there any like easy mm. online ways to like learn basic bookkeeping because I'm, I'm going to be honest my experience with excel was basically nothing in high school um <laughs> and i yeah like I've, i really wanted yeah. to find some resource to just like know what what to do yeah i mean honestly youtube like YouTube. i hate to say it but like mm -hmm. um or or any of the any of kind of the online learning platforms so i think it's now linked it used to be linda but i think it's linkedin learning now any of the more educational ones right it's going to depend there's some variations on what you can and can't do but like um on it finding any of those online learning platforms um 
they're going to have classes on basic bookkeeping. Um, I mean, your most basic stuff, right, is you have you have your expenses, right, stuff you bought and what you paid for, and then what you got paid for when you turn that into a product, right? So yep. that's your revenue. Um, now you've got other stuff in there. Well, what about internet? What about your cell phone? What about your yada, 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 right? Um, but your most basic stuff is, well, what did I spend and what did someone pay me for this thing? And what's the difference is kind yep. of like, that's the most basic kind of situation. Yep. And Cody, I can walk you through someday, show you the the sheet that I keep for my reselling stuff. Um, Cause it's, it's basically just keeping track of <clears throat> cost of goods sold and uh, total sales which obviously isn't the full picture, but it's what's easiest for me to keep track of. Um, and I've done a really good exhaustive job of that, I feel like. Um, so I've got a, a good, just a, a good template basically that I use for that, that I'm also using as the basis for the same thing for my merch business, just to basically be able to, to keep an eye on when I'm actually in the green finally. Um, so yeah, we can walk through that's, that anytime. That's what I need. There was like an episode of TSP, God, you're, maybe a year and a half ago now that I listened to where he was saying, like he said the name of the spreadsheet and I just couldn't remember it and I never wrote it down. And I've been trying to like figure out how to even look it up to get the template for it, you know? Sure. Yeah. And a lot of times if you, if you find like one of the people that's really doing whatever, you know, profession or whatever that you're wanting to learn about and also doing the YouTube thing, if they've got a big enough platform, there's probably been demand for them to make Excel templates. And I think that's where I got the basis for mine was from some such person. Gotcha. All right. Just yeah. to make the bookkeeping easier. Cause it's, I mean, it's something that's so simple. You just make like freeze the header at the top and have that started and then just fill as you go. Especially if you're not, so I will say, I mean, a CPA can help this. Once you get into anything, if you have inventory, that starts to become a little more complicated, but especially if it's a really simple kind of in and out situation um, or like content creation where you're buying stuff, but like it's not really inventory, you're buying it, you're paying for it, you, you know, it's it's pretty straightforward. Gotcha. Heck yeah. Um, so what tools would you suggest are necessary to get started working with different sorts of hardscapes? And I guess what, what sort of projects would be good places for people to learn and get going? Like what's going to have good appeal, but also sure. not be a nightmare to, to figure out. Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of it is, I would say, if you want to get started in hardscapes, I would find, I would find, try and look around who your main hardscape suppliers are in your area um, and find what brand they sell. Um, and then, I mean, really you can like a, I mean, from what I've seen, a shovel, a four foot level, some sort of tamping device, like that's basically what you need, right? It also depends on uh, how, how much money you want to spend or do, right? Um, what hardscape you're doing obviously if you're you want to do if you want to do concrete that's far more involved than doing pavers um if you're doing masonry stuff you've got some different tools but um that's kind of where i would start is find decide kind of what where you want to go um 
there's also well we'll get there in a second but um yeah find your local hardscape supplier see who they are what brand they sell and then go to that brand um contact them and say hey i want to get started in hardscaping do you all have any learning resources are you doing any training academies um and they'll be able to help you go from there awesome awesome that's perfect um so since you were ready to jump into it already uh any suggestions yep. for like learning tools learning resources yeah so i mean once again right youtube um like i said i mean going directly to the manufacturers most manufacturers of products have some amount of training stuff out there some of them are junk some of them the manufacturers are junk and just don't want to spend any time helping people some of the time the uh their training materials are junk but um youtube is so like is so useful at this point um there's a there's a guy out of canada i think if you look up like literally look up like canadian hardscape academy or something um he's done a lot of stuff he primarily does pavers but um do that um there's a guy called dirt stanley the dirt monkey um he is in minnesota he does a lot of vlog but also a lot of kind of how-to stuff um he at one time had a like online academy i don't know if he still has it or not but um i mean really right so you want to youtube's great because you can learn a lot you can also find a lot of wrong information right um but i think it's at least a good place to start kind of learn try and find people who seem to have a good backing um and seem to be legit um and then you know once again kind of you know i would say back that up with what manufacturers are telling you information from manufacturers is not always most accurate but they're rarely going to most of the time they're incentivized to like we were talking about earlier kind of over engineer it than under engineer it because they don't want to get blamed for something failing so um yeah that's kind of where i'd start excellent okay i will get those channels linked in the show notes for anybody that's interested in following up um this has been awesome um been super helpful for trying to just think of some different out of the box well i mean it, it seems like it's in the box but outside of the box what i was indeed thinking yep. recently for for uh especially the marketing uh strategies and opportunities um just got to completely yep. reframe my thinking there um it's, it's funny like we're yep Oh, I was just gonna say it's funny being so young but stuck in an older way of thinking just because I haven't kept up with the way things have turned uh, you know there's always things are always new and different right like I, I mean there's stuff that I do and there's there's also something to be said for not reacting to every new and different thing like some people love that and they're really sensitive to that i don't know if y'all are familiar with gary v or not but um big mm -hmm. social media guy he is he is yeah, about yeah. like okay yeah so right he would say you should be on every platform that's major plus every minor platform that's out there and a lot of the minor platforms you're going to waste time on but you're going to learn stuff and then if it takes off you're already there well 
very few of us have the mental energy to do that. Some people do. And that's cool, right? Um, mm -hmm. I'm on some of the, you know, I'm on Float, I'm on MeWe, I'm on some of these other platforms. Um, they're not necessarily the best for marketing business stuff. Like, and Jack said this, Facebook is still in some ways the place to go. Like, do we like Facebook? No, but especially if you have a location-based business, Facebook and Instagram is kind of the place to be. Um, mm -hmm. You know, if you can do without it, that's awesome. But let's be honest, how many people are on Odyssey looking for landscaping videos? Probably not very many, right? So, yes, um, probably not. Now, maybe you can figure it out so you can post there too. So you build a presence there, et cetera, et cetera, right? You maybe find some people off of that, but just one of those things. Um, so yeah. there's just things are always different. And you also, I don't know, it's hard, right? Like people talk about, especially as a business, you don't want to if you don't adapt in some ways, yes, you're going to die, but you also don't want to be so, if you're always changing and you're also never in a point of stasis, you're oftentimes causing yourself other issues because you're not just trying to like do what's working. So it's just a, it's a fine balance. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and especially if you could find some sort of tools to do the posting to the other places when you post yes. wherever you're actually keeping your attention that then that that's going to be a no-brainer because it's no additional energy after the initial setup yeah yeah if you can do it unfortunately a lot of the alternative places don't have that odyssey does but like there's no way you can't manage posting to float and me we and that kind of stuff but gotcha you do what you can yep makes sense yep. um well, if you want to be found, Daniel, uh, let the folks know where to find you. And otherwise, please let us know if you have any parting words. Yeah, you can find me on um, both. Uh, what is my float username? You can find me on MeWe uh, under Barbecue Homesteader. You can also find me on Float. I think it's just D Jarvis on there um, or Daniel Jarvis. So, um, yeah, you know, it's a it's a cool world. Um, there's lots of interesting stuff to get into, but um yeah, there's always other things too if it doesn't work out. So that's just life, you know. <laughs> For sure. I, I've really appreciated you joining us today. Yep. Um and sure. I wanna also go ahead and extend an invite to you to the next uh like solo business roundtable type deal that we do we still don't have, we need to have a good name for it. I've just been calling it the group show so far for shorthand. Um we haven't set a date for it yet, but I will get you an invite link when we figure that out. And we would love to have you join us and share some more of your wisdom. This has been awesome. Cool. That would be great. Yeah, I would love to love to do it. Excellent. Well, until next time, peace and love. Cheers. Cool. Have a great day. Awesome. And recording stopped.